A recent interview with Phil Spencer is adding to the theory that Xbox is headed to becoming more of a publisher than a platform. Yes, I know that Xbox already publishes games. They already are a gaming publisher, but it seems they might be moving into that being the primary role and no longer being a distinguishable platform. The ecosystem language and the evolution of Xbox may look a lot more like a third-party game publisher than a gaming platform in the future. Phil Spencer had comments about both PlayStation and Nintendo and why he no longer sees them as rivals. What does this mean for Game Pass? What does this mean for first-party Xbox titles? The amount of property that Xbox now owns, even admitted by by Phil is quite daunting. In the coming years, I could see them prioritizing distribution of those games over needing them to be an exclusive, because exclusives really drive the platform or the identity of a platform. Especially with Phil's assurance recently that they will not do Game Pass exclusives. A Game Pass exclusive would essentially require you to have Game Pass to play a game instead of traditionally buying it, and he says they will not be doing that. Now, I think as they progress closer and closer to an ecosystem or more of a storefront game pass could become the primary entrance point and the publisher role might make more sense if that's what they plan to do now i put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go searching for it this is a live stream so it's a longer video if you're watching it later if you want to make sure you're here for the live shows hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content Phil Spencer recently sat down with the Japanese publication Famitsu where he established that, quote, Xbox is a community of players who can play on multiple devices. In this interview, he paints what feels like an ever-evolving picture of the Xbox brand and platform. He answers questions about PlayStation and Nintendo, but he also mentions Minecraft in a way that I think gives us a picture into how that game may have been a catalyst to a significant change for Xbox. Some could argue that this sounds more and more like a trajectory of becoming more of a publisher than a platform. Yes, Xbox publishes games already, but this would be an evolution to being primarily a publisher and not a distinguishable platform any longer. Even if the ultimate destination is some sort of platform, ecosystem, publisher, hybrid, it certainly could look differently than what a lot of folks anticipated. Many longtime Xbox console fans who saw the Xbox Activision deal as a great value add for them may think differently if Xbox hardware looks dramatically changed in the future. So first, I want to look at the interview with Phil Spencer. I want to highlight his commentary on PlayStation and Nintendo, but also his comments on how he views the Xbox community now, and especially what he had to say about Minecraft. Second, I want to talk about the good aspects of this. If Xbox leans more heavily into being a publisher, it might create unique opportunities for Game Pass as well as gamers as gamers and consumers in the future. It also puts game development into a better spot when distribution and game sales become a stronger priority. Lastly, I want to talk about the potential bad aspects of this. I continue to feel as if the Xbox brand is moving away from what I value, and that's bad for anybody who values high-end console hardware in the future. So first, let's just look at the interview with Phil Spencer. The interview with Famitsu is entitled VIP Interview Microsoft's Phil Spencer, quote, Xbox is a community of players who can play on multiple devices. Now, we are relying on Google Translate here, so I do think we get the gist of what he is saying. I don't think we're getting anything lost in translation what he's saying is things that he has said in the past but there is new vocabulary that he seems to be stressing 
first and foremost, an interesting stat with the growth of PC Game Pass in the Japanese market in particular. This is the quote. In particular, the growth of PC Game Pass is remarkable. The size of the Japanese PC game market has roughly doubled in the past three years, but the number of PC Game Pass users has quadrupled. Game Pass is growing faster than the market, which is great for the Xbox brand as a whole. So that was Phil Spencer saying that. Now, obviously, that stat could look really impressive because maybe they went from very little market share and very little adoption to a sudden surge. But when you consider that PC Game Pass launched in Japan three years ago, the number becomes more impressive. This is likely why we saw internal emails indicating how important Japan and the Asian market was to the future of Xbox. They were seeing growth in the market and that's where Phil saw the most opportunity. It was around the time that the Brazilian regulators were weighing in on the Activision merger. We learned that Phil had felt that Game Pass had plateaued on console, but he saw that PC was the opportunity for the most growth. Now, the reason I start with this is because it really adds context and credence to the idea that Xbox is evolving into something very different. So, where did the quote come from about Xbox being a community that plays on multiple devices? Because that lays the groundwork for what he says about Nintendo and PlayStation. And this is what he said. We believe that everyone who plays the game, including Game Pass users, is an Xbox user. Of course, there are many people who play on home game consoles, but there are also many people who play on multiple devices, such as playing on home game consoles or PCs at home or the cloud when they're on the go. I think this raises the question, is Xbox a multi-device community? However, in my opinion, Xbox is a community of players who can play on multiple devices in various locations. Now this leads to more questions and and one that I find interesting is the question about Steam because I see Steam as a huge barrier for Game Pass being successful on PC long term mainly because the Steam user base loves to stick with the Steam launcher for reasons similar to what Phil said in the kind of funny interview digital library continuity is important to the gaming consumer and Game Pass is the opposite of that. It's a new platform, but it's more than a new platform. It isn't a library that you own, it's a catalog that you subscribe to. But Phil Spencer views Steam as a partner. Speaking about demand for PC games in Japan, the interviewer said the following, Demand for gaming PC is growing in Japan as well, and Steam has become very popular as a platform for playing games on PCs. As a platform, it could become a rival to Xbox. But how do you feel about that? Phil answers, Regarding Steam, I consider it a partner. They have been great innovators and innovative technology in Windows gaming for many years. In that sense, I consider not only ROG Ally, but also the Steam Deck to be an Xbox or to be Xbox. The logic he's using here, I think, is really painting the picture that I'm trying to paint. The trajectory toward being a publisher doesn't seem that crazy. Again, I'm thinking primarily being a publisher and no longer being a distinguishable platform. So, Why does Phil Spencer view Steam as a partner? He said the following. They're also an important partner in terms of growing Xbox. This is because almost all first-party titles available on Xbox are also sold on Steam. So, if Xbox customers want to purchase games on Steam, they are welcome to do so. You can also share game-save data between the PC versions, so it can be said they are very similar. Now, further down in the interview is when he starts to really connect things, at least for me. Phil says he is considering the direction that the Xbox community will take. And the interviewer remarks and says, so you're thinking about the vision 
after the acquisition. So basically, what's the vision of Xbox and the Xbox community now that you own Activision Blizzard? And his response really makes the vision clear. He says, even without Activision Blizzard, we would still be a major publisher on Steam, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch platforms. Adding Activision Blizzard to the mix means we can offer more games to more platforms and stores. As I said earlier, we believe that Xbox is a community, then we encourage you to become a member of the Xbox community from a variety of different platforms. Keep in mind, this echoes what he said in the Kind of Funny interview when he said, Activision Blizzard is not our strategy. It is an accelerant to our strategy. And then if you look at this, what he says, he says, even without Activision Blizzard, we would still be a major publisher on Steam, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch platforms. Adding Activision Blizzard to the mix, basically the accelerant. So he's telling you that their vision is we want to be publishing on all these platforms. Activision Blizzard is helping us do that in a bigger way. So I do think, yes, you're already a publisher, but you're also a platform. You have the Xbox consoles. He is stressing being a major publisher while shifting language to community on different platforms. So the platform aspect of Xbox seems to be dissolving and taking on a new vision, at least from where I sit. Then, when commenting on competition between the platforms, he says the following... Xbox is a community of players, so it's important to build a community of players across a variety of platforms, which gives the community and the brand even more strength. Therefore, we are thinking about how to respond flexibly. For example, how should we approach future hardware innovation, and what will our roadmap look like? In any case, I think the acquisition of Activision Blizzard will create a variety of opportunities for Xbox. Now, you're going to notice he remarks about responding flexibly, and then he mentions how they should approach hardware innovation in the future. It's almost like they haven't really sorted that out yet. We saw internal documents that they're considering a variety of approaches to the future of Xbox hardware. Satya Nadella is talking about, let's just do a controller, a cloud-based controller. There was documents that indicated their plans to do a hybrid cloud device, which would basically be primarily a cloud device. I don't think you would need a ton of local native strong hardware if you're basically putting people on the cloud. But... I think we've already seen their hardware innovation will look like from those FTC leaks. And Phil doesn't seem to be shy about this. I know they were they were not happy about those FTC leaks, even though they were self-inflicted by somebody at Microsoft. However, he was he was upset about it. Phil tweeted like this is not how we want these things to be out there. And he talked as if the plans were in flux. He gets very frank in this interview and says the following. Regarding hardware, I'm very excited and looking forward to seeing what we can do in the future. In terms of hardware, I think we can offer something unique to Xbox users rather than just following what other companies are doing. So if they are not following what other companies are doing with hardware, that lends credence to the potential of the cloud hybrid device or the controller that Satya Nadella wanted to see. Instead of pushing high-powered consoles for a high price, they would be taking a different route. Remember this when we discuss what this means for the future of Xbox console fans, right? If he's talking about, in the kind of funny interview, we can't out-console Sony. We have to go out on our own and do our own thing. And then in this interview, he's saying, we need to do something innovative with hardware, something that's not just following what everybody else is doing. So as PlayStation is likely pushing into a PS5 Pro and then maybe a PS6 in the future, Xbox will be taking a different approach. But then he concludes this thought and he mentions PlayStation and Nintendo. And he says, just as we think of the ROG Ally and Steam Deck as part of the Xbox community, we need to think of the many Nintendo Switch and PlayStation users as part of the Xbox community 
in the future. So he's already hinted with remarks about this with respect to Call of Duty, okay? He's talked about that before. There, you're a part of the Call of Duty community. You're a part of this. We're welcoming you in, okay? This seems more broad because now he's saying they consider Nintendo Switch and PlayStation users, you're all a part of the Xbox community. And the interviewer seemed to pick up on this. This wasn't a comment about Call of Duty. This wasn't a comment about like a specific game. It was a comment about direct rivals being considered part of the community. And the interviewer asked and said, 20 years ago, you probably viewed Nintendo and Sony Interactive Entertainment as rivals. When did you start viewing them or or when did you start viewing Xbox as a community so i'm not the only one picking up on the shift in community language here even the interviewers like this sounds very different this doesn't sound like how you have viewed these platforms for the last 20 years and phil's answer really shifts into the publisher or even the game developer mindset he said i spent a lot of time making xbox games and i think it's fair to say i grew up doing that what i realized was that as a game creator it's important to be able to deliver your game to as many players as possible it's two pieces of hardware if two pieces of hardware have exactly the same performance then they are simply competing with each other in that case it doesn't really help the market from a game creator's perspective it's just that the platforms are competing and this is where i think minecraft served as a catalyst Essentially what he's saying is is if you enter the mindset of a creator, you want your game everywhere. You don't care if it's on a PlayStation 5 or a Series X. You're like, well, they're basically the same in strength and power, so who cares? Just put them on both, right? You want your game to be available to as many people as possible. But Minecraft, I think, is the beginning of a shift in how they're viewing things, and Phil admits as much when he says... One of the starting points that changed my way of thinking and one example of where I was able to learn something was the acquisition of Mojang Studios, the company behind Minecraft. I think everyone knows that Minecraft has a great community. Creators these days are aiming to create worlds and communities on a variety of screens and platforms. Walking around the Tokyo Game Show venue, I noticed that there were many manufacturers who had built up very good communities of players. That's why we're listening to the creator community and we want to hear as much as we can about what they can do with Xbox. So, one look at the footprint of Minecraft has changed his perspective. And listening to the developers and the creators and what they want, I am not surprised that Phil is thinking in terms of being on more platforms. It's the next Switch, Nintendo Switch, if it's able to saturate the market with the same efficiency that the first Nintendo Switch did, developers will want to land on that device. And the same could be said for the PlayStation 5 with how well it's doing with market saturation. This is why I feel Xbox is leaning more heavily into being a publisher first and a platform second. The ecosystem language doesn't really short-circuit this because if we start to see consistent shift away from ecosystem language and a shift toward them saying community, I I think you're going to know that's their primary focus is game publishing, game distribution. Ecosystem certainly is sort of cold and corporate feeling, right? It's on a, you know, a PowerPoint slide from those FTC leaks. But I also think the community language is a shift post-Xbox Activision deal that's pointing to more changes. So if Xbox becomes more of a publisher than a platform, what's the good and the bad that comes from that? First, let's talk about the good. First and foremost, I think software is what Microsoft 
knows. They just made their CMO somebody who spent 16 years marketing cloud services and Office 365. It's very likely he will bring that expertise to bear on Xbox as they made this change when they were changing up leadership after the Activision deal. So I think they want to tap into his expertise to help them position Xbox in a way that is no longer viewed as sort of a platform, but more of a storefront or an ecosystem, something that you subscribe to, more of a service than a platform. Now that's related to the next thing. Secondly, if they take on more of a primary publishing role, I believe that good games drive revenue. We have seen that this year in 2023. A concern I have had for a long time about Xbox is that they push cadence over quality. Phil Spencer once referred to engagement as oxygen, and the way you get that is with content. And then the more the service grows, the more something like Game Pass grows, the more content that you need. But if they pivot and they prioritize publishing games across a broad spectrum, then quality will start to matter more than how fast you're launching games. If you're trying to constantly launch games for Game Pass, I believe quality will suffer. If you're focused on publishing games across all platforms, then I think quality will have to go up or the games will not do well, and then that hurts your ROI. If you want to sell games on Nintendo or PlayStation, the rhythm at which they launch will not matter nearly as much as their quality. The third good thing that will come from this is that Game Pass still gets to retain its value. Many customers love and benefit from Game Pass. While the value and the appeal of this subscription service would still be well in place, day and date doesn't go away. In some respects, day and date would grow in appeal. Hey, yes, this big game is launching everywhere. You can play it on, you know, your cloud device. You can play it on an iPad. You can play it on your TV, a PlayStation, Nintendo. But you can play it day one on Game Pass. The last thing I want to say that would have them essentially leaving hardware, okay? I do think this is a possibility in the future, not in the near future, but I do think a very, very real possibility of Xbox leaving hardware in the gaming space is possible. The cloud hybrid device or cloud devices or cloud access points or a controller that is essentially just a cloud access point, that to me is the beginning of them saying, yeah, hardware is not really our thing. We're not going to be building super strong consoles in the future. It's expensive, okay? I believe that's coming for Xbox specifically. If they devote their research and development into cloud gaming, solutions for the infrastructure, for speeds, for quality, that may prove more valuable than the hardware battle. I believe, Phil, they cannot out-console Sony. Nobody seems to be able to out-console Nintendo. I don't think they have any VR plans, at least not yet. So, if they look more like a hybrid cloud device, like an ecosystem or a storefront or service that you subscribe to, and no longer a hardware platform, well, they could look a lot more like EA Play or Ubisoft Plus, which would enable them to potentially land on other platforms. Now, I believe this is highly unlikely. Game Pass on a Nintendo device or Game Pass on a PlayStation is something Phil said he is open to in the past, something that he would like to see happen. I continue to think that neither of those companies would want that. They have their own subscription services that they want to sell but ultimately this would put xbox into a position to compete with quality games not just buying as much as they can and shoveling it all on game pass again i believe minecraft was the catalyst but call of duty will likely seal the deal in seeing that listen (laughs) we make way more money if we just put the games everywhere and we make a lot more money if the games are really good 
But if they become more of a publisher than a platform, if the idea of Xbox as a hardware or console platform essentially dissolves over the next 10 years, there are some bad things that would come from this. The first question many might ask is, well, what about the Xbox console users? What would happen to them? As the sales of the Series X and the Series S continue to fall behind the previous generation and the separation between Xbox and PlayStation 5 widens, I continue to wonder what's next for Xbox hardware. I have just resigned to the fact that my Series X is not a priority. There's no games, there's no marketing, not even the distribution of the consoles themselves. The Series X has been completely deprioritized. If the future of Xbox hardware is a cloud hybrid device or a controller, the focus on the Series S might make more sense. This is why they're pushing out more Series S's. This is why it is their primary focus. It could become, essentially, a cloud hybrid device, in a sense. Now, I just had a technician at my house, because my cable was acting up. And the conversation that we had was about the lack of fiber in the city. And it was frustrating for both of us. He knows it's better. He gets less complaints about speed and consistency when someone has fiber. And he knows that customers want it. But it's all stalled out. There was a five-year build order for fiber in my city, and it got stopped. And the government's basically beholden to corporations who spend the most to lobby. So me, as a consumer, I don't have a whole lot of say in whether or not that happens. And I know, given my experience with gaming, that internet infrastructure is a primary obstacle to cloud gaming working well, or at least just working consistently. Now, this isn't a permanent bad thing for Xbox if they become more of a publisher and if they lean more into being a cloud-based storefront as opposed to a hardware platform, if that is their goal. But it certainly takes control out of my hands. I like the idea of cloud gaming if it can work well, if it can look good, but so much of that is not something I have control over. I cannot dictate the internet quality and speed that comes into my home. I'm at the mercy of old copper lines, old cable lines, oversold nodes, companies that don't have to compete, and that really makes cloud gaming less appealing to me, at least in the immediate future. So... Is Xbox continuing to transform? Right now, they are a publisher, they're a platform, they're a console, they're an ecosystem, okay? They could start to, I think, mainly look more like a publisher and less like a platform. Not really out here seeing Nintendo and PlayStation as rivals, but as partners. And the same goes for Steam. Well, I think Phil Spencer maybe even put it a little bit better than I just did. It's more of a community than a bunch of platforms competing with each other. However this shakes out, one thing is clear. The Xbox we once knew is radically changing. Whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, well, only time will tell. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions on this. While Phil Spencer's comments are not shocking, I think a lot of us, I've seen this kind of coming, this movement away from really worrying about the platform and the hardware. It just seems like that has happened at a breakneck speed over the last three years and moving at that breakneck speed him talking like this landed sooner than I expected he seems to be setting expectations that the Activision deal is not just going to really be fueling the console war like many people hoped it's helping them shift into a different identity as a brand the shift in language to community it it really I think freely mentioning Nintendo and PlayStation and and talking about them as if they're not rivals anymore, that feels like a pretty big change. He just recently said, you know, we're not going to out-console Sony. Now he's saying, well, yeah, they're not even a rival. They're part of the Xbox community. It's one thing to use that language when you're speaking about Call of Duty. 
But when you're casting this long vision for the platform, this interview felt different. The second thing I want to say is Microsoft has experience in a lot of areas, software development, cloud, and gaming. Even in gaming, they have a history with game development. They publish games all the time. They also have their own hardware. Once you own this much property, it starts to make sense that they would just lean more heavily on the publishing side of things. It's where the money is. Consoles are expensive, both for the company and for the customer, and they're more difficult to get traction in certain markets. The growth of PC Game Pass in Japan is likely very eye-opening for Xbox, and the money from Minecraft and Call of Duty, I think, will continue to be equally eye-opening. That's the future for Xbox. Games like that. Big games, big titles, and just put them everywhere. My conclusion is this. Some might think that this would be bad for the market if Xbox essentially abandons the console elements of gaming. But if they believe that the future is cloud gaming, then that may be the next battleground. Phil said in the past that Google and Amazon were their real competition, and that might make sense of why he now views Steam and PlayStation and Nintendo as part of the Xbox community. Winning in cloud gaming may be the end game here, which does complicate the idea of partnering and working with platforms like Nintendo and PlayStation. PlayStation's pushing their own cloud gaming. Nintendo may need to lean into cloud gaming in the future, which may make them have to go to use some of the cloud-based services that Microsoft sells. They may become a customer because if you're going to game on the go in the next 10 or 20 years, you're probably going to want to have some sort of cloud capabilities. From where I sit, the evolution of Xbox is happening faster than I expected. I thought maybe we would see this type of movement and vision casting in the coming years. But as far as I can tell, Phil Spencer's view of Xbox, it has changed. And the question is, will the gaming world catch that vision, or will they reject it? And that's the show open. Sorry about that. Thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure you're going through your morning rituals. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Be sure to smash that like button. It helps us out. Let's get 200 likes on the video super fast. People were already very quick to say today, hey man, Xbox is a publisher. What are you talking about? What do you mean becoming a publisher? I mean like that's the primary thing they're going to do. They're not concerned with being a platform. They're not concerned with hardware. They're going to shift away from hardware. They're going to shift away from worrying about like, yeah, we got to be out here competing and having like high end, you know, a really good console. The next iteration of their hardware, I just think is going to look very, very different. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It more is a question of whether or not you want to buy into something like that do you want to buy into more of a a a storefront or more like a service almost as if game pass will become like a subscription service that you just sort of have everywhere you go so let me thank some people here already getting some super chats and gifted a 20 spot for super googly says imagine playing cod on switch hey man that next switch might be uh it might be able to do it it might be able to hang i continue to think there's not a lot of demand for call of duty on switch that'll remain to be seen um but the next switch could be significant and han shot first and so did you dk beggar always so faithful gifting members we're at about 2900 members guys our next goal is 3500 this friday night is community game night you guys unlocked all the fright nights you unlocked community game night this friday night make sure your Fortnite is up to date 
Fortnite is free, it's on every platform, and playing on the OG map is a blast. So do me a favor and do that. Get yourselves all updated and ready to go. The the temperature went back up again. Like, I need the weather to just settle in. Make up your mind. All the trees are beautiful and gorgeous, and it's like fall is here, and then all of a sudden, like, my house is warm, and it's like 70-something degrees out. It's like, I don't know what is going on. So, Phil trying to buy Sony or Nintendo because they can't compete. I don't think he wants to buy Sony or Nintendo. Now, I know the email where he said, like, that would be a community, you know, that would be a, a career moment for him or whatever. I don't I, I don't think that that is in their future, right? I don't think that is. They won't shift from hardware. They will shift from it being its own self-contained platform and merge it with Windows. A five spot from Joker Quinn. It's my birthday. Let's get those numbers up. Joker Quinn is always here gifting members, and he is requesting that you guys get the numbers up for his birthday. That's his request. That's not mine. Thank you so much, Joker Quinn. That's very kind, man. I hope you have an amazing birthday. Happy birthday, dude. Always so generous to me and this community, gifting members virtually every day. Thank you very much. I actually really think no 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 not the original Fortnite campaign the OG map when they launched Battle Royale right I really do think there's a there's a high likelihood I think there is a high likelihood that they 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 lean away from hardware going forward that's why I'm like yeah they're gonna be more of a publisher they're, you're not really gonna think of Xbox as like oh yeah that you go go to the store and and, and buy the uh, buy the latest Xbox it's gonna be more of a it's almost like more of a service that like they say ecosystem they're not really saying ecosystem anymore now Phil's saying community I don't know if he ever said ecosystem to be honest I think a lot of us started saying that because it came from some of the internal emails and documents Patrick Q with a gifted member thank you so much and DK Baker with another one you guys are already getting things started little member train this morning guys hop on if you can afford a membership but you get gifted ones you can gift another one and pay it forward thank you so much for doing that welcome on in Han and Alan for the win you guys have been gifted members make sure you guys say thank you to the people who gift those memberships every 25 members i gift five back to the community there are days where i've gifted 20 and up to 50 sometimes i've done 50 bombs because of how generous you guys have been they should it's more money that way business wise that's another angle that i took on this randy it was like they're looking at the money from Minecraft. They're looking at the money from Call of Duty. And it's like, why are we wasting time on all this hardware nonsense? It's expensive. It, we got a loss lead sometimes. We don't make money. Joker Quinn on his birthday gifting a member and taking us up to four. Thank you so much, Joker Quinn. Like, sometimes they don't even make money on the hardware. Like, think of it from this perspective. If traditionally hardware has been a loss lead to get people into your consumer base. And if they have lost that fight, they're basically saying, we're taking the fight elsewhere. We're going to gobble up content. It's a content war. We know we're in a content war. 2024 will likely be marked by lots of acquisitions. We know this. We've seen predictions from financial analysts. We're seeing people sort of gear up and, and allocate more money, and they're all preparing to kind of buy things up. So it's about to become a content war. And if Xbox is thinking, okay, loss leading on hardware, it's not working for us. So why would we continue to do that? Let's make it incredibly easy for people to get in to our service, into our ecosystem, into our community 
by way of a cloud hybrid device or a controller. More than that, more than that, Phil's indicating, yeah, Nintendo and PlayStation, they're not really rivals anymore. No, they're part of the community now. Now you're talking like a publisher. You're not talking like a platform. You're not viewing Nintendo and PlayStation as rivals. If they're not rivals, then what are they? They're just a storefront for you to sell your product on. But I, I do think it's significant that he didn't just say, you know, I think it was a week or two ago. He was doing an interview with somebody and he was talking about Call of Duty. And he kind of used this language. You're welcome into, we want the Xbox community, I'm sorry, the Call of Duty community to feel welcome. But in this discussion, he's not talking about Call of Duty. Even the interviewer picked up on it. And it was like, when did you sort of change your, your view of this? You're not viewing Nintendo and PlayStation as rivals. Like, when did this happen? And Phil's basically like, it was, I mean, it was Minecraft. You know, and I think what he's saying is, is that game really opened up opportunities and ideas for us about what are what we could look like in the future. Is if you own something as popular as Minecraft, I mean, who needs to sell hardware? You don't need to sell hardware. You just need to get you just need to get people to buy your games. So, what's the best way to get people to buy your games? Buy some of the most popular games. Own some of the most lucrative property in gaming, namely mobile developers like King with respect to Candy Crush and others. Beyond that, you've got Call of Duty. You've got World of Warcraft. You've got a lot of property that can generate large sums of money for you. And I think, again, it's like to me that Minecraft was the catalyst. Call of Duty sealed the deal. It's like, and the, the thing is, is this is just happening way faster. He even said in the interview that going forward, you know, his vision after the Activision deal, they're thinking about what the future of like hardware innovation looks like. I think they're reevaluating that plan right now. I think that's in flux. I think that's, that's an evolving strategy. I don't even know if they've landed on a plan. Because they were throwing out ideas, those emails that released uh, for the FTC leaks, they weren't even they weren't even that old emails. Like Satya's like, well, why don't we do a uh, why don't we do a controller? They're talking about maybe doing a cloud hybrid device. Well, a cloud hybrid device isn't going to be a really expensive hardware purchase for the consumer. It's not going to be some high end console. It'll likely be another low dollar entrance point to get people in to your community, into your your service, as it were. Haven't they had Minecraft for almost 10 years now? Yes, and I think that over the years they've looked at that and they've examined that, that, that income. That's why they started looking at, we need more property like this. We need more abilities to just sort of have our stuff everywhere. If Microsoft sort of brings a software strategy to gaming, that's the idea, right? Look at what they've done with their cloud-based services, with Office 365, and with Windows. You're better off just being everywhere. Just put it widespread, just get widespread adoption 
and purchases. Now, obviously, some people's concern is, well, they're going to bring the business strategy with respect to like Microsoft subscription services, and they're going to bring that to gaming. It's going to be like, well, no, if you want to play our games, you got to subscribe. You can't play them any other way. I do think that's a concern. However, this interview made me say, if they lean more into publisher role, then that's good for the that's good for the market. Because then they're needing to distribute those games everywhere, which means I can buy them. I can buy them on the Nintendo. I can buy them on PC. I can buy them on my PlayStation 5. That's feeding the market choice rather than taking choice away. Dylan Riggs with five months of membership. If Xbox goes away from hardware, does Sony have to charge less since the price of admission for Xbox becomes cheap? Just need a controller. Well, I don't think so. Dylan, I think that's a good question, though. If the, you know, if it becomes kind of a race to the bottom, I don't think so, and here's why. I think there's a significant difference between going to the store and opting to buy something where you stream games and something that's like a high-end hardware purchase. Now, cloud gaming could completely change what I'm saying over the next ten to fifteen years. It's so dependent upon. It's so dependent upon the infrastructure. It really, really is. I have, like, I got bumped on my nose. My kids and I were, like, horsing around, and I, like, got bumped on my nose, and these glasses, like, they're resting right on that spot, and I can't take it. I'm, I was trying to adjust them. These ones are, like, super light. I can't even feel them, so I'm, I'm having to switch. It's like, we were just horsing around, and you know how that happens. You get kind of bopped, and it's, like, sitting right there on that spot. Um... So, I I don't know if that's going to be in the the immediate future where PlayStation would feel like that pressure of look at how low entrance it is to get in to the you know the service the service system or whatever they call it ecosystem the Game Pass subscription the Game Pass service you know I I feel like they're going to try to start phrasing that in a certain way to make it feel more winsome than like ecosystem just sounds kind of cold and very corporate. So, I'll use ecosystem just for the sake of the discussion, though. If if PlayStation sees that as a threat, then yeah, they might feel like they have to start taking greater losses on their hardware. I don't think they feel that right now. I think currently PlayStation feels pretty bold because they're charging more for the digital version that the new version of the PlayStation coming out, they like increase the price of the digital. It's I to me that's just them saying, well, yeah, we can. Demand for the product is high. When demand for your product is high, you can raise your prices, right? Imagine you're a small business, and every month you get you know ten calls a day of people wanting your services. Ten calls a day, you you handle that pretty pretty well. And then in the following month, instead of getting 10 calls a day, you're getting 50 calls a day. Well, as demand for your services goes up, you can start raising your prices. Why? Because out of those 50 calls, you'll still get plenty, if not more, purchases than you did in the past. So as demand goes up for what you're doing, you would start to say, good golly, I can barely get, you know, I can barely get to all these calls. I need to start charging more money. And what that does is that actually starts to turn away some of the some of the more lower budgeted, you know, B2B clients that you don't want. You want the more top tier anyway. So I don't think currently, no. Now, long term, maybe. 
if cloud gaming gets to the level where Microsoft can start advertising, um, you know, let's say a $200 cloud hybrid device or like a $200 cloud controller or something, if they get to the point where they can advertise something like that for like $200 and you're able to buy in and get a cloud gaming experience that is equal to you know, a high-end PC. Some of the things that GeForce Now is able to do, if you can start to build that out, if they have the technology to do it, cloud, and then if the infrastructure is there, then I could see a, a world where Sony's like, well, we need the ability to compete with that. We're getting, you know, we're getting crushed now on hardware adoption. I think the challenge there would be over the course of the next five years, you're going to see a continuation of adoption of folks who wanted like a next-gen Xbox experience, I think they're going to start migrating over to PlayStation. I also think you have the new Nintendo Switch. That's also going to play a factor. That's a lot of the gaming world settling into this is where I play. Your digital library is going to play a significant role in where you go, and take what Phil said in that kind of funny interview about that, magnify that tenfold over the next five years as you continue to build out your library. So that's going to be a hard hill to climb for anybody entering gaming, for anybody entering gaming or trying to win consumers to gaming in the future, you're going to be dealing with that. You're going to be dealing with folks who own a Nintendo because we've been we've seen from some of the earnings calls. There was a Q&A, I believe, with somebody from Nintendo who talked about they want the transition to the next Switch to be a smooth transition. They're going to let you bring your account with you, things like that. So if, if you're facing that reality, that's why I think Xbox is looking at this completely differently. They're saying, listen... We're not going to be able to win those customers in large enough numbers to matter. What we want to do is get to those customers and sell things to them. If you if you have, you know, 120 million Switch users right now, I think it's 129 million. Let's just say 120. 120 million Switch users. And over the course of the next five years, they all switch in large numbers they all switch to the new switch. They switch to the new switch. <laughs> they switch they, they switch over. That's a lot of people that you might want to sell to. And a nice layup there from DK Bayer setting it up, maybe tempting one of the big boys in the shadows to drop a 20 bomb. Five members already. Thank you, DK Bayer. <clears throat> Just admit it, this is the end of Xbox. Well, I don't think it's the end of Xbox at all. I think it's an evolution. They're adapting. I'll be honest with you. If they would have just kept continuing with what they were doing on the hardware front, then I think it would have been the end of Xbox. I think Microsoft would have eventually said this didn't work. This 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 experiment didn't work. They're doing what you have to do to survive. You're evolving, and I think they're evolving into more of a publisher than a platform. I know people are like, "Well, they already publish games. They're already a publisher. Why are you saying becoming a publisher?" Because I think they're they're transforming into primarily a games publisher. Because they're going to own so much property, that will take priority over establishing themselves as a platform. Will there be a new Xbox? I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I could see a future where 2028 rolls around and PlayStation's like announcing the PlayStation 6 and Xbox is announcing... 
a, a cloud hybrid system or a controller hybrid cloud device um i honestly don't know even phil spencer seems to be indicating that the hardware strategy at xbox is 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 up is up in flux in that interview with famitsu he's like he's he's entertaining the idea of this is my vision after the xbox activision deal and he's talking about how the next thing we do for our customers, you know, innovating with hardware, he says, we, we don't just want to do what the competitors are doing. We don't want to just do what other companies are doing. Well, if you're not going to do what PlayStation's doing, and you're not going to do what Nintendo Switch, what Nintendo's doing with, like, you know, a, a more portable device, then they're going to become the cloud, they're going to become the cloud gaming. Like, it's almost like they're going to become a cloud gaming storefront instead of a platform. You'll just subscribe to their service, and phone, iPad, your smart television. And that's when he starts saying, "Well, we view we don't view Nintendo and PlayStation as rivals." Oh, okay. You j- <laughs> You just got done arguing to the regulators that they were rivals. You're in third place. But now that you have Activision Blizzard, it's like, "Yeah, they're not rivals anymore." Why? Well, they're part of the community. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a big change, is it not? We, we go from, you know, we go over months of argumentation about let us compete, we're in third place, you know, Nintendo, PlayStation, then us. And now they're saying, yeah, they're not really our rivals. Okay, well, what are they then? Oh, well, they're part of the Xbox community. Oh, well, okay. What's Steam? Oh, yeah, Steam's a partner. Oh, well, why is Steam a partner? Well, you know, we put our games on there day and date when they launch. Oh. He even says, without... Activision Blizzard, we were we were already a major publisher on PlayStation, Nintendo, Steam. Do you remember what he said in the kind of funny interview? He said Activision Blizzard is not our strategy, it's an accelerant to our strategy. Remember when he said that? And then he's saying in this interview, he's like, we were already a major publisher on these platforms. Activision Blizzard is just gonna help us do that to you know in more places and meet more people. It's like So your primary goal here is software distribution. I said this months ago. I said, I think Microsoft's strategy with Xbox is they're going to treat it the same way they've treated their own software distribution. It's not about buy our computers. It's about use our services. Use our cloud-based solutions. Use our Office 365. Use our operating system. Use Game Pass. Here's our game. Sell our games. They're, they're, they're evolving out of... I, I'm telling you, I think there's an evolution away from hardware happening. I do. I don't, I don't think they even have firmly landed because when we saw those FTC documents, it was like, what's a hybrid cloud device? Like, are you really going to feel like you're upgrading from an Xbox Series X if... If Xbox is trying to sell you a hybrid cloud device, do you think that do you feel like that's an upgrade? Can't you cloud game now in some with some devices in some respects? You're like, oh, I can already cloud game. That's not an upgrade. A five dollar super chat tip from John. Always just look at the Samsung Freestyle Two and see what consoles are going to have to compete with once cloud is more reliable. Yeah, I think cloud is the battleground. I think that's where that's where Xbox is like we don't. We don't need to be in hardware. Khaled still using the old question command. 
in this case, should Sony do the same, uh, evolving into a publisher? No. No. I think... I actually think this is a this is a situation where the the consumer benefits. I think the consumer benefits if this shakes out in this way. Saint Nil with a five dollar super chat. What would be the likelihood of seeing former Xbox exclusives on Sony or Nintendo consoles? That I have no de- idea about. I think it'll be a cold day in Hades if we ever see like Halo on PlayStation or Nintendo. I don't know about that. That seems otherworldly the fact that i'm convinced microsoft is getting out of hardware with the xbox even that seems kind of crazy right but i think the consumer benefits because nintendo offers more family more party oriented more casual style games amazing first party and they're about to potentially have a portable you know, a, basically a portable console that from what we're hearing is going to be pretty impressive, okay? So that's its own identity and brand that is very different from PlayStation. PlayStation is going to be pushing premium level gaming, right? They've got the PSVR 2, they've got these accessories, DualSense Edge, the PlayStation Portal, their own headphones. I think a PlayStation 5 Pro is on the way. And their games are like blockbuster, almost, you know, people call them movie games. I'm not leaning into that trope, but they are at the level of cinematic production. They're very, very expensive to make. And they're full price games that I think are great experiences. And then Xbox, I actually think this is the right choice. Instead of saying, well, we're going to try and compete with that can't compete with Nintendo. Nintendo's Nintendo. Nintendo honestly doesn't even really compete with anybody. Nintendo's kind of like their own thing. And PlayStation's not really competing with Nintendo. Like, they don't even feel like they're really competing. They feel like they're almost just like coexisting with their own very unique value offers. It wouldn't surprise me at all that a lot of people that own a PlayStation 5 also own a Nintendo, and a lot of people that own a Nintendo also own a PlayStation 5. It wouldn't surprise me at all if another statistic was true, that a lot of people who own a Nintendo Switch own another console. Whether that's a PlayStation or an Xbox. That wouldn't surprise me at all. That the greatest amount of crossover of two console owners, it's likely always a Nintendo. Not always, but the majority of people who own two consoles, that second console is probably commonly the Nintendo, okay? A lot of that's because of age demographics, right? You got guys our age that are always going to have the Nintendo because they want to play Mario and Zelda. Mario and Zelda are timeless. Like, my kids love Mario and Zelda. They've seen the Mario movie a handful of times. Uh, they've seen the Sonic movies a handful of times, like old school, you know, uh, video game characters. They're almost transcendent. So Nintendo's got a foothold with Mario, you know, seemingly for forever. If Xbox becomes more of a cloud-based service slash ecosystem, and they're not trying to sell you the next Xbox Series X, that's not what they're going to try to sell you. They've already... They've already made the Series X sort of sit back in the shadows. It's only a matter of time before you, the, the Series X almost gets like pushed off the stage. Like, we don't need you, buddy. You are not the road for us. I think that's better for the consumer because if you're 
if you're if you're open to or you like the idea of just like I'll subscribe, I have this amazing catalog. It's great value, especially when you have kids and you don't want to be buying a video game every other week, right? But that doesn't appeal to me nearly as much. I have kids and, you know, we don't even use Game Pass that much. Every family dynamic's different. Now my my nephews, they use Game Pass all the time. It's different family dynamics, different games, different preferences. And I think that's better when you have those choices, when you have those options in the market. This is ridiculous. So Microsoft won't invest in making really awesome games, but they will buy up the publishers in the studios. Your argument makes no sense. When did I say they won't make awesome games? I didn't say that. That doesn't, that's, see, you're, you're missing what I'm saying. I'm not saying they won't do that. I'm saying their identity will be more about the cloud and the service orientation. They're going to be more of a publisher at that point. They're going to be trying to sell you awesome games wherever you are. That's not a platform anymore, dude. That's a publisher. Like, Ubisoft wants you to buy Assassin's Creed Mirage. EA wants you to buy the next big sports game. Why? Because they're a publisher. They want to get you on EA Play. They want to get you on Ubisoft Plus. Xbox is going to look more like that, I think, in the future. You can come to us and get this amazing service. If you don't want to come to us for our service on your iPad, phone, TV, or whatever, that's fine. We're putting games everywhere. The latest Call of Duty is on PlayStation 5, is on PlayStation 6, it's on PC. Now, the reason I said in the show open that that's a good thing is because a publisher has to be concerned with quality. You have to deliver really, really good games because you need sales. You can't like fall back on the fact of like, well, it's on Game Pass and it helped get us a lot of game, you know, a lot of Game Pass subscribers. Does that make sense? Like, I think if Game Pass was the focus, if anything, I'm celebrating the fact that Game Pass is not the primary focus going forward. Because I think if that was the primary focus going forward, if that was the identity of Xbox going forward, I would worry that they're going to be more focused on that rhythm, that cadence. We've got to get games out to feed the subservice. It's far better for Phil Spencer to say, yeah, we don't view PlayStation and Nintendo as rivals. Yeah, no. They're part of the Xbox community. Our, yeah, our, you know, Games are going to be going there. We're going to be selling games everywhere. We're going to be selling games as many places as we can. He talks about getting into the mind of a developer or a creator and basically like they want their games everywhere they don't care about this box and this box are basically the same those are just two platforms competing Phil even brought that up he was like that doesn't help the creator that doesn't help the developer you're just out here competing with each other on hardware so I don't think that they would make bad games I think if all their focus... I'll I'll be honest with you. I think one of the reasons you've gotten... you've, You've received less games and I would argue less quality games from Xbox up to this point, it's because the focus was Game Pass. The focus was we gotta get things on the subscription service. If they shift away from that and go for a broader view and that broad view is we're more of a publisher now 
that benefits us. That doesn't that doesn't hurt us at all. That's a better position for a property owner. You 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 want them trying to sell games because if you're trying to sell games, the quality's got to be there. Wired rope with a five dollar super chat. Stadia failed at a time when it would have been the most useful and adopted. I think Microsoft is betting on smaller PC hardware like handhelds. Here's the beauty of Microsoft not trying to make their own handheld. The handheld market is just getting started, and all they need is their games to land there or for Game Pass or or xCloud to be there. That's all they need. Do you understand why the leverage of Activision Blizzard is so huge? If you're trying to market your handheld device and they're holding Call of Duty, Diablo, World of Warcraft, they're holding all of these big, huge pieces of property, they're going to come to you and say, we would really, really like to be on your device. We view you as a partner. Are you going to tell them no? You think you're going to have an easy time selling your handheld gaming device if you don't have some of the biggest property on the market? No. Of course you're going to want to work with them. That's why they said our our real competitors is Amazon and Google. Because they're just going to be trying to distribute their services and their games everywhere. They don't need to build a handheld, bro. Do you think... I mean, they? I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying they don't need to. There's going to be a whole market of them. There already is a growing market of, of, of handhelds. You have you. It's, it all started with that Steam Deck, and now you're seeing the the birth of that market right before our eyes. And Xbox doesn't even need to land on that landscape and compete. They don't need to. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just put the games out there. We'll just put the services out there. Hang on, did I miss a super chat? No, I did not. Okay. Stormkiller with 13 months. It's 13 months. Let's go. Welcome back, Stormkiller. Thank you so much. How can they compete on mobile handheld when iPhones can now play console games? See, and that's... But don't you see the beauty there? The beauty is like, we don't need to constantly try to make better hardware. (laughs) Why? Why would you... Why would you want to do that? It's kind of like... There are people that get to a point with PC gaming where they get sort of tired with that. Even if you love gaming on PC, you probably hit points where you get sort of fatigued with the idea of everything you buy is outdated, like in a blink. Like you blink and you're like, yeah, my PC's outdated. It's not the best of the best. Now that doesn't mean it doesn't run great. It's Some of it's your own vanity. Admit it. Some of you PC guys, you get a little vain about that. You gotta have the best everything. So you can, you know, flex that in the circles that you run in I got tired of it I got tired of being like yeah I gotta I gotta buy new stuff or I gotta upgrade this or you know now my thing has fallen behind or now there's this new thing that I can't do I believe this is around the time where I think it was Call of Duty Modern Warfare Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare the first one and you needed I believe it was I might be wrong on this I believe you needed a quad core processor and it was going to cause a chain reaction in my system of if I upgraded that, I'd upgrade the MOBO. If I upgraded that, it was like, well, the graphics card will become a bottleneck. So then I'm going to have to get a new graphics card. 
well then at that point I'm probably going to have to get a new memory like it was like I'm not upgrading my entire PC I don't feel like doing this so you know do you want to constantly try to make edge you know front edge of the wave hardware that in a matter of years is considered outdated and weak Oh, by the way, you almost have to launch outdated and weak if you want to be winsome to the consumer because you have to have a low price point. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? It's like, they're like, yeah, we don't really need to do that. We don't really need to mess with hardware. Taylor Made says, uh, big love. Thanks for 18 months in a VIP, dude. Welcome back, Taylor Made. 90% of PCs aren't at that level. Right, and if you feel that sense of every time I buy something, it's immediately irrelevant six months later, the same could be said for all the research and development that goes into a piece of hardware that they're going to try to sell you at a consumer level, at a low price consumer level. All the research and development that goes into it, all of the hardware available at the time that they're doing that, it is so outdated the minute you can finally buy it. Like when we were finally able to buy a Series X and a PlayStation 5, they were already outdated within the hardware world. Already. They come pre-baked with like a, yeah, this is old stuff. Does that mean they're not worth buying? No. The consumer has decided that that's an easier solution than the alternative. Consumers are supporting the idea of just buying a box that they plug into their television. And if the consumer starts to adopt and accept the idea that I don't really need to buy a box that I plug into my television. I just need this controller. I just need this little dongle. Yeah, I just yeah, I just put it inside of my TV and I'm playing video games. It's crazy. It uses the internets. You know what I'm saying? Like that that removes another barrier to potentially and this is where I worry about Xbox's strategy and that's why I think they're 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 going to lean publisher. Gale Windforce with 16 months and a Reforged writer. Thank you so much. What happens with the current Xbox platform holders library if the pivot happens? They can't provide my entire library on cloud. Licenses wouldn't allow it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't actually have an answer. That's a very good question. Backwards compatibility and digital library continuity. Yeah, any game that doesn't have um, a EULA that allows you to cloud stream it would be a challenge. I wonder if some of those games are so old, would it be a moot point? Does it have to be in the EULA? Are there EULAs that don't allow it? Are there ones that don't mention it? I don't know. That's a good question. That would really change the idea of... Because my first response to you was going to be, Oh, it'll all be in the ecosystem. It'll all be in the cloud. You'll you'll always have everything with you. Eugene says, The tech was designed two years before release, from concept to development to manufacturing. Puts it behind cutting edge, but to the point is those machines are designed to last for six to eight years. Sure. Sure. And that's an advantage that they have. For sure. Guys, we are one hour into the broadcast. Do me a favor and hit that like button let's set our sights on 300 likes thanks so much for hanging out if you want to talk in my stream you just got to subscribe subscribing is free you can become a member that gets you access to extra content we do a debrief every day just with the members and then we hang out on friday nights you can also do a membership as a reforge writer and you can come every day 
to the writer's room and you can help us plan the next day's shows. Uh, you can also gift members and that enables other people who might not be able to afford a membership to get one. And I gift back every 25. I get five. We're already at five today out of that goal. Thank you everybody for being here. Those are all the various ways you can support what we do here. As someone who has a PC, I find it kind of funny how PC guys like to thump their chest about specs to console gamers, but then turn around and whine about wanting console games not being on PC. I don't know if they're whining. I think there is a view of... There, there is a view that I don't agree with. I understand why they think it. I think it's, I think it's out of step with basic economics, but there's a view that when you make a game, it should just be everywhere. It's almost entitlement, right? Like, every every Nintendo game should be everywhere. Okay? Again, this this is... It just betrays ignorance of basic economics. Like, everybody creates their product and tries to sell it to you. Just because software has the ability to digitally exist in multiple places doesn't negate hundreds of years of basic economics where a company invests in a product in patents in copyrights in research and development and says if you want this thing you have to come to us for it this this has been going on since the first person decided they were going to plant a vineyard and and sell the, the 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 results of the vineyard right it's theirs you know um so I understand the view of it's rather simplistic, it's rather reductionist to be like, well, they would make more money if the game was everywhere. Well, not necessarily. It might be incredibly expensive to increase the bandwidth or to outsource porting. Uh, that could hurt quality. That then hurts what your brand is looked at as. It, it could make people think that your games aren't that good. Um, at a case in point, this doesn't. This is not a reason to not do it. This is a reason to not outsource porting. Sometimes, uh, when Iron Galaxy ported Arkham Knight, that was a great game, and it got terrible reviews because the PC port was a disaster. And so nobody at that time thought, "Oh, well, the game is probably really good. They probably just outsourced to a bad porting company." Now, yes, people in the know knew that. So it's not that simplistic. It's not like, well, Nintendo would make more money if they just put Mario everywhere. That that's that's not true. That's an incredibly simplistic sort of reductionist view of the economics of gaming. Like what makes a game sell well on a particular platform or at a particular point in time? There are multi-platform games that blow the doors off, but they're also the types of games that we typically see issues with. Like why did Jedi Survivor launch too early? Right. Well, that was at the, at the behest of Disney. And if that would have been built for one system, it likely would have been able to come out at the time that it did with far less problems because they would have been designing it for one system. So they would have gotten done with certain things faster. The, the, the time that they could have gotten to QA would have been quicker. Uh, project length gets shrunk uh, when, you, when you build for one system. So there's always those questions like what are we trying to do with our software what's the purpose what's the goal of the business and it's not always like well put it everywhere make as much money as possible now when you take on the role of a publisher that's very different because you're no longer concerned with trying to grow a platform if that makes sense it, it, it was like when you know Netflix was throwing money at their own programming 
they weren't throwing their own money at a show like the Queen's Gambit because they just wanted to make a great show and put it everywhere. They weren't taking on the role of just being a publisher. We want to pay for this and then shop it around and put it everywhere and, and broker deals with Amazon or whoever. It was, no, we're publishing this, yes, and it's attached to our platform. We want our platform to, to, to benefit from this. Same with you know shows that HBO has paid for and so on. So I get why people think that. They're like, man, it would be great if if I could play Nintendo games on my PlayStation 5. I'd get the performance strength of my PlayStation 5, you know, and I'd get my library all in one place, you know. I understand why people want that. I just think your desires don't dictate reality. I know that might be hard to hear for some people, but your your desires don't dictate reality. And it just is ignorant of basic economics. Like that's just what companies do. It, it to expect them to just automatically put things everywhere because you think they should. Most companies are f- well attuned with what can maximize profits, and pontificating about it on Twitter doesn't change that. Like, well, they would make more money if they put it everywhere, and I think they're like. We we crunch the numbers. We know we we know better than you. <laughs> like we've been doing this a long time. It's not as simple as that. It's never it never is. So I can empathize and sympathize with the desire, but I I don't think that means that companies are gonna start doing that. But this comes back to Xbox evolving into more of a publisher than a platform. If they're no longer trying to drive platform growth with games, you're entering into a very, very different vision for the company. You're entering into a vision that says, our primary concern is distribution. We are wanting sales. Now, I am extremely interested in what that means for Call of Duty specifically, after what happened with Modern Warfare 3. Like, is that going to be the pattern going forward? Because if it is, I'd be curious what Xbox's opinion of that is. Like, when this all shakes out, is the commercial success of Modern Warfare 3 lower than expected? Now, people are going to say, but it's still one of the best sold games this year. Sure. Sure. But if it falls below projections... That could be bad for them because of how much money is spent on the game. They're in a different category. You can't just be like, oh, but we were one of the most sold games this year. It doesn't matter. You're one of you 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 have the most bandwidth of like probably any game out there. Like what is it, like eleven studios that work on the Call of Duty property? Now they don't all work on Modern Warfare 3, but that machine that machine has to run, and it doesn't run if they fall below projections. If that makes sense. Lono says we're getting Elder Scrolls 6. Um, that's a great question. Um, Elder Scrolls 6. I don't know. I think initially the plan was Elder Scrolls 6 will be an Xbox exclusive. 
Bill's talking in a way that makes me think plans might be changing. That they might be saying, listen, that's not the goal anymore. Why would we do that? Are you trying to sell Xboxes? It sure doesn't seem like it. Are you trying to sell Xbox Series Xs? It sure doesn't seem like it. Detonator gifts a member and takes us to six members on the day. You have to listen to the language that they're using. If you're out here talking about Nintendo and PlayStation aren't rivals, then what's to be gained by putting Elder Scrolls 6 only on the X only on Xbox? What's to be gained there? It, well, NPC, NPC. What's to be gained? I, I, I genuinely think that their strategy is shifting. I do. Now I know I know the response would be you're just coping pony you're not gonna get Elder Scrolls 6 yes I will I have every platform cope with that like I, that that's not my concern I'm not saying this because I'm like really hoping Elder Scrolls 6 comes to PlayStation 5 by the time Elder Scrolls 6 comes out I'll probably have a really great PC that I've invested in and I'll just play there if I want it like I don't I don't need it to hit a particular platform I'll have all of the platforms as I always have I'm, I literally am saying this because I genuinely think this interview was an indication of things changing. A gifted membership from Detonator. A gifted membership from JC. Thank you guys so, so much. Taking us to seven gifted members on the day. Appreciate you guys so, so much. Joker Quinn gifts members all the time. And he said you guys need to pump the numbers up for his birthday. He tried to pull a Hilly. Hilly did that the other day and you guys blew the doors off. Sorry, Joker. I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think Hilly already shot that shot, dude. Elder Scrolls 6 will release in 2029. Y- yeah. Maybe. I think they should launch Elder Scrolls 6 in early access and just build the beginning of the game. And I think they should launch it a lot earlier than that. But that's not an opinion a lot of people share, and that's fine. That's just an opinion that I have. I think game scope, I think the scope of games and their projects are getting too large for what's referred to as waterfall development. Um, Unless you're building something that you know was successful before, like a sequel, you know, like the next you know, the next God of War. They kind of know what they need to do. There is, I think, five gifted members from Detonator. He says, come on, boys. We can do it. We can match what we did for Hilly. Hilly's in the chat and says, no shot. Everyone went mad. Do you guys hear that? Do you hear what Hilly's saying? He's saying no shot. Lone <laughs> well, on retrospect, what should Xbox have done with the Series S? Made it a standalone ecosystem or just scrapped it all together? I mean, I have my own theories about what happened with the Series S. We, we can kind of connect the dots. I believe that they faced um, raw, raw materials challenge. I don't think it was necessarily originally a part of the plan. I think over time it became a necessity. They needed to be... They, they faced a raw materials challenge. I don't think they could make enough Series Xs was the issue. I've seen this floated by others. I've seen this idea floated by pro Xbox outlets that there was a raw materials problem and they were like, we need to build something that's, you know, like a, like a step down model so that we have enough to sell. 
because you got to remember i think a lot of people forget this it can be really easy to forget that in the beginning stages of the new xbox console and the playstation 5 all of them were really really hard to get i mean harder than usual harder than usual so i i think if they wouldn't have done the s it would have been it would have been a disaster they would not have had enough x's to even come close to having what you would call a launch they would have potentially had to delay the launch of the console a year just to get manufacturing up so that they would have enough to sell i I believe it was not something that they were like yeah let's just make a little let's just make a little small a smaller one that's weaker i think it was a necessity We'd be getting the Elder Scroll 6 Collector's Edition Sundial. <laughs> uh, wait, has that been confirmed? Or are you just being silly? I got no confidence in Elder Scroll 6 even being great. Starfield was okay, but very poor technical. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole debate and discussion about whether or not they should leave behind the creation engine. We're going to touch on that today. I have an upload about Starfield and some of the situations that are going on with that game and the modding support. And I think it furthers the debate that that engine it's it's time to put it out to pasture um i don't think you can launch a game in six years in that engine and be taken seriously unless they have some sort of a technological breakthrough i just think it's gonna look it's just gonna look dated it's not it's i just don't think it's a very i think it's a great engine for modification i think it's a great engine for certain things that they kind of home brewed but I don't think long term that's that's a good engine for for the future. Um, I think even like what CD Projekt Red is doing, like abandoning the Red Engine for Unreal Five, but then they're open to coming back to the Red Engine, according to a recent interview that you know they're taking a break. Well, that may be their way of getting the red engine in a better spot. I actually think the red engine is fine, but they don't seem to think so. So maybe they're going to try and do do updates to it without building a game in it. And then they're going to try and get it to a a better place. You know, so if they're, if they're, if they're willing to do that with their own in-house, uh, engine, then I would imagine you, you might start to see a studio like Bethesda consider a similar, a similar course of, uh, of action. A very, you know, a similar course of action. Potentially. Took me over two years to get a PS5. I wasn't able to get one until the same day Lono got his second one, both of which were based off a of chatter pointing out the quick refresh that I had uh, just happened to, to be on the PlayStation Direct. Right. Couldn't Microsoft have gone with a discless version like Sony so they wouldn't be in the parody predicament. I don't think it was that simple. I don't think it was like, oh, well, let's just not do a disc. Hilly says, if we get 500 members today, I will quit Halo. No shot. Beat last Friday, we were cooking. Chad, I'm going to need you guys to do something for me. <laughs> we all we all really need to rally. We need to make this dream a reality. (laughs) I need you to call your friends, your grandmas, your aunts, your uncles. Everybody just come and have them just gift one member. We can can make this dream a reality. We can get Hilly to quit Halo. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That would be absolutely hilarious, though. 
We would need to make that a stream, Hilly. <laughs> Saying goodbye to Halo with Hilly. <laughs> oh, golly. They always had designs and blueprints for console models. The whole thing is they find cheaper parts to use. Microsoft is going to do exactly that. So instead of using more expensive parts, let's list of a resource issue. Trill Troll says, every every journey starts with one step, says Trill. And he gifts a member and gets us the 13. There we go. We all know Halo is trash. Let's help Hilly get well and quit his... Hey, hey, don't say Halo's trash. I'm hearing really good things about Halo lately. We're going to do a community game night this Friday night with Fortnite, but I want to do a future community game night with Halo. I, I th- We did that like four weeks in a row back when the game first came out. I had a lot of fun with Halo when it first came out. I think Halo has... It's it's one of the better feeling shooters out there, personally. I, I think. I think they nailed the, the way some of the guns feel. You know, I'm not an enormous fan of the movement, but I think the guns feel good. Um... If the Series X was as good at performance, they would have doubled production, but the fact that the Series X is poor design and cannot perform as good as the PS5, I don't I don't know if I I believe that. I don't think I believe that like there's a, there's problems with the Series X. I I think that the problem is they ran into a raw materials problem and they had to they had to pivot to a, a machine they could make with less raw materials and that's where the Series S was born and I think the Series S is one of the primary reasons you are not seeing the power narrative from Xbox any longer I think that Forza Motorsport is the last blemish they're going to take they had to take that on the chin that game does not have what they promised they promised a level of graphical fidelity that is simply absent from that game and will never be there and I think that's the last game you're going to hear the power narrative from. I don't think you're going to see that from them any longer. When they do a showcase, a developer direct, a premiere, a partner preview, whatever it is, you, you I just don't think you're going to see that. There's not going to be this, oh, the world's most powerful console, and this game looks amazing on the world's most powerful console, and look at the ray tracing. They're not going to do that. Because now that they've not only said, well, the Series S is the greater saturation, they're they're actually manufacturing that they did in the past, and now they're intentionally manufacturing it. It may have been sort of systemic to the market at the time that they had to make more Series S's because that's what they had. That's the raw materials they had. That may have been a systemic reality, not a reality where they were like, yeah, this is really what we want to do. It may have been literally forced upon them from the externals of the market like the market was in such a weird spot when all that stuff started getting short like they couldn't get the materials that they needed every company faces auto manufacturers were facing this right so it may have been a systemic reality as the series s became the primary seller for them they may have said constrain the series x for cloud make more s's make an s with a larger hard drive that's our future that's that's going to be our best projections for market saturation that's what i think they're doing i think doorbell song really sorry that should not be happening 
I think that was the projection of like, well, if we do Series S, the, the curve will be higher. Like, we'll, we'll have we'll have better market saturation than if we try to sell these X's because we can't make enough. They're higher price, and the S is outselling. And so, the minute they decided to do that, the marketing team, I guarantee you, they were told you cannot talk about power. You, you can't. You cannot be out here talking about ray tracing. You can't. Because the vast majority of our customers won't get those things. And again, again, I don't know if they chose that path voluntarily. I think what happened in 2020 altered plans to a certain degree. Now, the timeline is hard to reconcile with what I'm saying to a certain degree because the chip shortages happened in 2020, but some of the some of the internals and some of the research that we've seen, it seemed like there was a raw materials shortage, like they couldn't get access to certain raw materials prior to 2020. 2020 probably just made things worse because according to Digital Foundry, when they were at, at Microsoft, at Xbox... In March of 2020, the Series S was already there. It was already a part of the plan. They just didn't say anything about it, which is interesting, but they didn't say anything about it. That, that, that summer when they announced the Series X, there was no mention of the Series S. The Series S was mentioned months later because leaks started surfacing about it. So, I, I think there was, if there was, a, if there was some type of a material shortage, it actually happened before... 2020 in the sicky. I think 2020 in the sicky just made everything way, way worse. Microsoft would never do the whole thing. They should. Uh, they should have dropped the S. I'm. I'm telling you, I'm critical of the Series S, and I try to diagnose what I think it is doing and what it will do to that platform. I made predictions well over a year ago that third-party companies would skip over the Series S. And we're seeing stage one of that. Stage one of that is the games are coming to Xbox late. Baldur's Gate and the Lord of the Rings Minds of Moria game. Rob V with a gifted member. Thank you so much. Pushing us to 14 members already. Thank you very much. One more would be a nice layup. Listen, guys. Hilly threw down a gauntlet. So you guys need to put the bat signal out and get some of the monstrous big boy gifters in here. Hilly will quit Halo if we get 500 members today. He doesn't think he can do it. You guys went crazy for his birthday and he's he's strutting around very cockily. Is that a word? Cockily? Anyway, he's strutting around. Let's 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 humble this man. Come on. It blows my mind that Baldur's Gate 3 still doesn't have a release date for Xbox consoles. The best cross-platform game, and it can't run on the Xbox. It's insane. So, listen, listen. Back to what I was saying. I have been critical of the S. I've tried to diagnose and make predictions about what I think that thing will do. But I don't necessarily think Xbox had a choice. That's not skipping, that's just prolonging. I said it's step one. Rob V, 
with another gifted member. That's the layup right there. We'll see if anybody slams home the 10 bomb dunker. Thank you so much for that layup. I appreciate that, Rob. It's an English way to say very confident, too proud. Well, I used it perfectly because Hilly's a Brit. Um, I, I said that was step one, dude. So I want you to consider what do you think developers think about that? What do you think publishers and developers think about a game having to come late and do more work? To a platform that not only are they doing more work for the platform, but the extra work they're doing is to downgrade their game. Do you think that's appealing to developers to have a, a, a staggered launch date? Do you think what happened to Larian is appealing to developers? you think you want to do those interviews? you want to do those sit-downs when you're trying to market your game and take those questions? You're running like PR Defense Force for, for Xbox. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's not hardware, but it is hardware. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Who wants to be marketing your game and doing interviews with games media and being like, yeah, you know, we're coming late to Xbox because, you know, we're delivering the game by train. What are you going to say? I don't don't think developers and publishers are going to look at what has happened with Baldur's Gate 3 and Larian especially. I think Microsoft, I think Xbox mishandled it. I think Phil Spencer mishandled it. I think when he did the interview indicating there was no hardware problem and said they weren't going to budge on parity, he, he overplayed his hand. I think he overplayed his hand, and Larian was like, oh, is that so? You, you want to sit down and tell the world that? Okay, that's cool. We've been sort of defending you for the past four months. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. You want our game? You're going to take it without parity, or we're done. Like, we're done here. Take your take your engineers and pack it up and get out. You want to you want to throw us under the bus? This is not our problem. This is not our fault. So I think he overplayed his hand, and I think Larian called him on his bluff. The idea, like, yeah, we're not going to budge on parity, and they're like, oh, is that so? Within 24 hours, they walk that back. So if you're a developer and you're a publisher and you're watching that transpire, is that something you feel like dealing with? The pressures of developing games, the pressures from the public, the scrutiny, the criticism, the hate, the toxicity. You want to face that, or do you want to be like, ah, let's just not, let's just not launch over there. Their hardware, their hardware projections aren't good anyway. You're talking about a, you're talking about a platform that's not saturating the market very well. So we're going to spend extra time, extra money downgrade our game have to deal with questions about why we're coming to Xbox late to go to a platform where we're going to sell the least what what in that equation is winsome what in that equation is winsome so like I said step one of third party developers skipping that platform has already happened the staggered releases of Baldur's Gate I think is 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 the shot across the bow to be like this this is coming question is how much longer they have been in decline the last several years what reports are you reading that they're in decline like where did you hear that they're still the number two market leader sure but the profits each year getting smaller and smaller 
where did you read that what report indicated that I read reports that said the exact opposite I'm, I'm not sure where you're getting your information because I've not seen that We are aware all we have to do is drop Elden Ring DLC and then make a crap ton of money. What I'm not sure what you're talking about, Rojo. Oh, 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 you're talking about PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, today's not about that. I don't know why you're in here talking about allegedly claiming. If you do a Google search, it comes up that way. What did you search? What are you, what particular statistic did you search that brought you to this conclusion? Conclusion. He means Xbox. He said PlayStation. Are you talking about the operating income number that they already talked about to their to their shareholders? Their operating income being down because of how they handled the Bungie purchase as well as money that's being allocated for R&D in 2024. So they're, they're allocating more money for gaming research and development. So a, a higher level of investment in R&D in 2024. I believe they allocated about $8 billion more for acquisitions in 2024. Lono, you are at 3% membership completion, with which feels like Halo Infinite vanilla battle pass progression to me. Are you guys seriously going to let him do this? You're going to let Hilly get, be in here talking trash? So... <laughs> You got a lot of nerve, Hilberg. <laughs> Sony annual revenue 2023 was 85.3 billion, a 3.29% decline from 2022. So you're look are you again, are you looking at annual revenue against operating income? Like what stat are you specifically looking at? All the stats I looked at were showing year over year growth. Operating income was down, and they explained why. I don't. I don't think. I think again. I don't want to do this because we're not. We're supposed to be talking about Xbox becoming a publisher. Xbox leaning away from hardware. And you have been in here now for an hour and thirty-three minutes. Draw like like attempting to do this whole like Sony's in decline. Yes, and what Eugene is saying. There's no annual revenue for 2023 yet. So I. I don't. I don't, I don't like when people do this. It, it feels like you're trying to paint. Number one, I feel like you're trying to paint a picture that can't be substantiated with the facts. So I end up wasting time interacting with either cherry pick stats or misquoted things as we've already done. You're like, yeah, their annual income's down. Okay, there are no annual income reports yet. So we've already shot that down, which means the last few minutes have been a waste of time because you've come to your conclusion based on either bad info or a stat that you don't understand. He's also talking about Sony and not PlayStation. Oh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that sidebar thing where I get talking about something completely unrelated and then somebody wants to
See, and there it is. It's 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 so predictable. It's so predictable. He makes a false claim. And when we push back on the claim with facts, someone in chat says, ponies make excuses for everything. Do you see? It's it's every single time. You understand that you saying something false and it being corrected. Do you understand what that is? Do you know what refutation is? You've been timed out. Like, take a second. Like, smacking down a false claim is not making excuses. I I told you. I said, I said this happens every time. Every time someone comes in and makes a false claim about Xbox or PlayStation and I take the time to smack it down, it gets cast as, look at this pony. And it's like, so let me get this straight. You're allowed to say things that aren't true to provoke a correction, and then the correction is your evidence of some type of fanaticism or fandom. Like, if you came in here and you're like, 2 plus 2 equals 5, bro. I looked it up on Google, and I was like, 2 plus 2 is actually 4. Look at this mathematician. <laughs> Look at this guy who thinks he's a mathematician. N- no, I just corrected a, a false claim. Like, I, It's just tiring. It's a circus. Man, it's just such a circus. It's just such a circus. It's like the only ammunition you have are blanks. And because you get people to respond, you think you've achieved something. I'm not saying you're doing that, Power Boss. I'm saying it's very typical. You made a claim that isn't true. When we correct the claim, it's cast as it's just ponies making excuses. Lawson with seven months. Thank you so much. And it's a VIP. In any case, in any case, I think Sony, PlayStation, PlayStation success and Nintendo success in the gaming landscape has created an environment where Microsoft and Xbox are taking a very different path. Like, as far as we can tell, Phil has all but said that we are not concerned with that. We are not concerned without consoling Sony. He says in this Famitsu article, he says, another fire shirt, by the way. Yeah, this is another one from Into the AM. Make sure and use code LONO at Into the AM or go to IntoTheAM.com slash LONO. Thank you. I, I I genuinely think he even says in this interview that like we're when it comes to like hardware innovation, he basically said we can't do what the other companies are doing. Not that they can't. He's saying we're not going to. We're not going to do what the other companies are doing. That's not that's not our plan. That's not our future. I think their next piece of hardware is going to be an undeniable signal that they have abandoned like a high-end console 
attempt. They're just not going to do it. I believe that the Xbox Series X is like their last, their last high-end hardware attempt. I don't think that's what they plan on doing in the future. I think it's either the hybrid cloud console that we learned about well and then they asked a question based on that that question is an utter waste of time because it's ba- it's not it's simply untrue isn't a cloud hybrid what they had in mind for the Xbox one and everyone lost their mind against it didn't what a difference a decade makes oh yeah I was gonna get to that max bandwidth uh, somebody said they would lose customers you're right do you want to know a little secret? They already are. They are already losing console customers to Sony. PlayStation is is surpassing where they were with PlayStation Four in the in the in United in the in the North American market, and the North American market is seeing a decline of Xbox compared to last generation. That's migration of the consumer. That's that's what that is. People are people are switching, so they're already losing console users they are and if that's the case they have to figure out not how to get those people back but how to get all the people out there that aren't really gaming right now all the all the people out there that are that are not gaming or they're gaming in a more casual way they're gaming in a way where they're they're gaming through like a mobile device or something i think that's the market they're trying to tap into i think they want to tap into markets where they haven't tapped into before as they saw pc game pass saw a huge growth for them in the in the japanese market so i think they really want to lean in there they want to lean into how can we grow in markets where we currently don't have a a foothold? What about the leaked cork document showing Xbox's roadmap and the next console? Are we ignoring that now? The leaked document showed a variety of, of possibilities. There was no concrete decision, Joe. They talked about doing a cloud hybrid. They talked about doing a controller. And they said that those plans weren't even the real plans or that the plans had changed. 
So we don't know what they're doing in the future. There was also indication from the leaked documents as well as the FTC hearing. No, I'm sorry. It was the leaked documents. It was the emails. There was the indication from those emails that the next console was going to be another two-tier system. But then they started talking about doing a console cloud hybrid. So they had emails that didn't line up with that one document. I believe that that conversation is in flux. Even Phil Spencer says in this interview that with respect to hardware innovation, that they're not just going to do what the other companies are doing. I don't think their goal is to sell you an Xbox Series Y and an Xbox Series W. I don't think that's coming. I don't think their goal is like, well, yeah, we need to try to compete with PlayStation. We need to have another high-end console in 2028 or 2029. Exactly, we don't know. We don't know what Sony's doing. Speculation. Yeah. That's quite literally what we're doing. Yes. No one today claimed facts. I said it seems from Phil Spencer's language of, of leaning into community. You don't think it's interesting that after the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, that Phil Spencer tells this interviewer his vision has changed. They no longer see PlayStation and Nintendo as rivals. Even the interviewer picked up on it. It was like you, your vision of, it sounds like you're talking about the vision after the merger. Yeah. And he talks and he talks and he talks. And then the interviewer says, for, for 20 years, these have been rivals. And now you're referring to them as part of the community? What changed? So Yes, we're speculating about when Phil Spencer is saying this, what is that? That's an indication of a change, an evolution. You honestly think from everything they've said and done over the course, just 2023 alone, just 2023 alone, you honestly think that there's not an evolution and a change happening that they're pivoting away from being a platform they are becoming i think primarily a publisher with an ecosystem storefront in the cloud i think that's the the brand identity of xbox sort of like growing and leaving behind console leaving behind the idea of like we're a platform you have to come to our platform for this game I think that idea is gone in 10 years. I don't think they even care about that. I think their primary concern is software distribution as a publisher and grow their ecosystem, cloud, storefront, whatever you want to call it, where they have it on your phone, your tablet, your smart television. Maybe if they become less distinguished as a platform and they're not interested in doing like first party exclusivity anymore, you could even see them trying to get Game Pass on a Nintendo or a PlayStation in the future. They have not once said they're leaving hardware. I didn't even today say they're leaving hardware. I said I could see a future where they do. And I think one of the first layers of them leaving hardware would be a cloud hybrid device or the controller that Satya Nadella said, let's have a centralized thing that people buy and that's it. That's what we have. That's the entrance point into the into the ecosystem. Well, if all you're selling is a controller to access an ecosystem, to access almost like a cloud storefront, 
that to me feels like you've abandoned hardware you're not really in the hardware market anymore you're not selling a high-end console you're selling a cloud access point that's not really hardware hardware is a console a pc an actual device you put in your living room that does the work for you it's right there you bought it cloud gaming is is almost hardware agnostic it doesn't care what you have you just need an access point you just need internet that seems like the future battleground which is why they want content because if you have because if you have content you can you can approach we're going to have more handheld devices like the Steam Deck we're going to have cell phones that get stronger and stronger and can and can run games natively so not only is cloud a great avenue from them but also just being more of a publisher than a platform like hey let's put our game on the iPhone Let's put our game on the Nintendo Switch 2. Let's put our game on the PS6. Look how much money we're making from Call of Duty and Minecraft. Just put the games everywhere. I genuinely think there's a future where they look at the Elder Scrolls 6 and they're like, who cares about making that exclusive? That that doesn't matter anymore. We're not trying to sell a, a platform. That's not the goal. Now, Phil Spencer said in an interview with Xbox On that first party exclusives are marketing beats for what? For the consoles. I believe that's what he said. I don't want to misquote him, but I believe the quote was Xbox on Phil Spencer interview marketing beats. Let's see if we can find a uh, a, a, a synopsis of that. If anybody like directly quoted him. I'm not finding I'm not finding it. I don't know if he specifically said consoles, but I know he said marketing beats. I- exclusives like that, time exclusives, first party exclusives are marketing beats. What are they marketing beats for if you're no longer really trying to sell the platform, you're trying to sell the software? It's not serving that purpose anymore. Does that make sense? So from where I sit, that means a lot of this property that they just bought, the purpose of the property is not to drive a platform. It's to mainly, again, make them stand in the market as a publisher. He says in this Famitsu interview, even without Activision Blizzard, we'd already be a major publisher on Steam, Nintendo, and PlayStation. That's interesting. So you're viewing yourself as a major publisher in this conversation, in this new vision casting. Now you have Activision Blizzard. If you take what he says in this interview and you combine it with what he said in the kind of funny interview, he said Activision Blizzard's not our not our strategy. It's an accelerant to our strategy. And then in this interview, he's like, we, we, even without Activision Blizzard, we'd be a major publisher on those platforms. Now that we have them, we got more games to put in more places. It's like. So your strategy is to be a major publisher. Is that what you're saying? Because everyone's part of the Xbox community. All they have to do is play one of your games and they're part of the community. That sounds like a publisher to me. They already publish games. They're already a publisher. I know I'm talking about their primary role. Right now, they're a publisher. They're a platform. They're making hardware. You know, they're they're more... They're more than just a publisher. I feel like their primary role going forward it will be so much more functioning as a publisher with all this content. 
And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's probably a good thing. This isn't like sky is falling. You should be worried. This is, I actually think that's better for the consumer. Because I think if they tried to shore up all this property and take it from you to get you to get into their ecosystem or to get you to get into their, their their console, that's a problem. That's not what you want. You don't want major players siloing up the content and saying, you have to come to us for that. We're already seeing people express frustration about that with what's happened with streaming services. It's like everybody cut their cable and said, yeah, I'm going to start streaming. But now if you want every streaming service, you're right back paying the same amount of money as you used to cable, probably more the prices are just going to keep going up now the advantage that you have is it's easier to cancel Disney Plus and pick up Netflix and switch back and forth you do have more freedom as a consumer I still believe we have benefited from that move from that move what is YouTube doing that was so weird it like refreshed my dashboard for me Leaving the entire console market to one company is a good thing. No. No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. No, I think you're going to have three very distinct companies in the market. Nintendo will be there with their Nintendo Switch 2, with their first-party property. I believe PlayStation will be there as the... I think they're becoming the Apple of gaming. It's cultural. It's high-priced. They love to sell their own accessories. They took the vertical stand out of the box of the new PlayStation. You want it? You got to buy it separate. That's an Apple move if I've ever seen one. That's Apple Playbook 101. You're in high demand. You're the premium offering. Raise the price and take stuff out of the box. Right? I'm not praising that, by the way. I'm, I was critical of that when I covered that recently. So Nintendo, PlayStation becomes the Apple of gaming. And Xbox becomes this publisher slash sort of like ecosystem storefront where you they're more service oriented if you think about it you will go to them for the service of game pass you subscribe and you get their stuff on your tv your phone your tablet your wherever you want to go but lona everything requires a sub you have to sub to youtube then sub to your favorite content creator a sub within a sub but subbing doesn't cost anything here it doesn't cost you to make an, a, an account with YouTube. It doesn't cost you to subscribe to my channel. Now, you have the option to pay for more content on my channel, just like you have the option to pay for more content on, like, Amazon Prime, right? So you subscribe to Amazon Prime. That's your entrance fee. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe to me. And then if you want to do like if you want to like watch extra shows or add showtime or whatever, you spend more. If you want my extra content, you spend more. It's the same idea. Like that that's one of the reasons why most of my content is not because I want to I want to be in front of you. I want to be talking to you. I want to cast that wide net. No, yeah. 2-hour talk show every day, then an upload, and then I hang out with members. That's 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 a standard way of structuring podcasts. That's a standard way of structuring content. Of 
you try to give big big value offer up front and then you add extras after you're like you don't have to buy any of this this is purely optional if you want to see my debriefs if you want to be a part of the writer's room it's a similar idea of when you subscribe to Amazon Prime you get this broad offer of value and then if you want to add things on top you can it's very very similar if you think about it the idea of if you're going I think that's that's essentially what Game Pass is going to become Game Pass is going to become that broad value offer you subscribe to Game Pass and you get this broad value offer YouTube premium channel membership a sub within a sub then add Netflix HBO a subpocalypse no I think if you have if you have self control and frugality as a consumer then that shouldn't be a problem for you Spend the money where you're consuming the most. Like, in my mind, if I'm not using the service, I need to be be up on canceling it. I literally have reminders in my calendar of when to cancel certain subscriptions. Like, we signed up for Paramount Plus because we wanted to watch Picard and then Strange New Worlds. We were watching Next Generation. And so then we moved to Paramount Plus. And then when we were done with that, I went to cancel Paramount Plus. And they said, hey, we'll give you two months for two bucks a month. And I'm like, four dollars? Like, I'll give you four dollars. You're banking on me forgetting. Well, I have a reminder in my phone of when to cancel Paramount Plus. So we've been watching The Twilight Zone. Now they got me because we're gonna want to continue watching Twilight Zone, so I'll I'll probably renew. <laughs> but the point being, you can be frugal with all those subscription services. You don't need all of them. You cancel whatever one you're not using. When we stopped watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, I canceled Hulu. I need to cancel Netflix, but my kiddos like using it, so it's it's hard. It's like we basically have. Right now we have Netflix and Disney Plus. Those are the two we have. Oh, and I'm sorry, and Paramount Plus. YouTube Premium is worth every penny. If you consume lots of YouTube, yes. If you're on YouTube very, very regularly, then yes, YouTube Premium's value goes up. YouTube value, YouTube Premium's value goes down if you're only watching like a video once a week. You know, if you open up YouTube once a week to check something really quickly or. Maybe there's one content creator that you really like and they do a weekly upload. YouTube premium might not be as valuable to you. So that's like, you know, that's subjective to the user. I got Twilight Zone on DVD. Rod Sterling way ahead of his time. Oh yeah, yeah, very brilliant. Very brilliant. When he's the writer of an episode, we tend to like those episodes more. Although there were a couple recently we weren't too big, we, 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 we didn't like. You can always grab those specials on Amazon. You add them for 99 cents and then you just cancel them. I never forget because Alex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can set reminders. Yeah. So, back to what I was originally saying though. I don't think you're going to have one console one console platform in the market. I don't. I think you're going to have three very unique companies. I think Xbox is very much separating from the again they don't view 
PlayStation and Nintendo as rivals. They, they view them as partners. They don't view Steam as a rival. They view Steam as a partner. Sony's not at all like the Apple of gaming. Sony is fine, but how is that the premium console exactly? Microsoft is more like Apple as Apple's greatest strength is their ecosystem. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that before. Okay, so you think that Apple's greatest strength is their ecosystem. I feel like you're touching one part of the elephant. I think what Apple is is more than that. I think the ecosystem is a part of the culture. They their their stuff is super expensive. Their hardware is really expensive. Their accessories are proprietary. Like their their stores have like a feel and a vibe. I think the operating system is a mere is is merely an extension of that. It's just familiar. They've not made tons of changes to it over the years. It's very like when I look at this screen, it really just hasn't changed that much since I got my first iPhone when I worked for AT&T and that was 14 years ago. I believe it was around the time I was only there I was there for five years and I think it was the last year that I got one in any case I, I don't think that you I don't think anybody would say Xbox is the Apple of gaming the similarities between what PlayStation is doing and what Apple does it's just one to one they charge more they're 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 creating their own accessories like that's very much an, an Apple an Apple strategy Xbox is creating more of a service-oriented model than a hardware-oriented model. Apple is very much in the business of selling hardware and accessories for high for very high prices. I think Xbox is becoming more service-oriented and I think that's where that can benefit the consumer to have that as an option. Because if that's what you value, that's where you're going to go. That's that's better for you and what you want to spend your money on. I don't disagree with what you're currently saying, but ecosystem goes beyond the software. Also, I'm not claiming Xbox is Apple of gaming either. I was just saying if one's closer, I think it would be Xbox. I'm not compelled. I've seen way more comparison, way more comparisons of PlayStation to Apple with a lot of their decisions recently. The decision recently to charge more money for the digital PS5. They took the vertical stand out of the box. They're uh, they're selling a device where you can't even plug in your headphones to it. You you know, and you got to buy the. You, they're trying to sell you their Bluetooth headphones. Um. They're they're uh, they're they're the VR. You know, the innovation to VR, the Dual Sense Edge controller, the PlayStation Portal. All of those things to me feel like. That's kind of an Apple strategy of we're going to do our own stuff, our own accessories. We're going to raise the price. We're going to take, we're going to charge you for things that used to come in the box. That's Apple playbook. One. That's like, that's like Apple's playbook. One Oh one. Like the PS six, if the PS five pro doesn't come with the controller, I wouldn't be surprised. 
wouldn't shock me at all. The only reason that'll probably never happen is you can't use it without a controller. Like, you can use an iPhone without a charger for a while. (laughs) Eventually, you can't. But you can't even, like, set up the PlayStation 5 Pro or the PlayStation 6 without a controller. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me. If they're like, yeah, no, it doesn't come with a controller. <laughs> you got you gotta buy that separate. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying I wouldn't surprise me at all. When you when you lead to the degree that they're leading, you can you can get really cocky and you can do things that the customer's gonna do begrudgingly. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll buy that separate now. Like, not getting a charger in the box? Did anybody walk out of the Apple store just incensed and like, well, I'm not buying one then? Did anybody do that? Like, is it a quantifiable number? Did, did enough people do that that Apple's like, well, that was a mistake? No. That, <laughs> they didn't stop doing it. Because it works. You that That's what these companies do. They test what the market will bear and if the market bears it you did I guarantee the number of people that did that is not even quantifiable they don't even have a they don't even have a report with a number on it big enough to fill up like a slice of a pie chart how many people uh, declined to buy the iPhone because it didn't come with a charger and they're like point zero 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 there's not enough room on the paper but it's like it's like less than you know like less than a, a millimeter on the pie chart. We can't even we can't even display it on the pie chart. We can't even show it. There's almost nobody. Almost nobody backed out. Everybody just bought one anyway. <clears throat> Apple's strategy is that all roads lead back to the iTunes storefront. They use the phone to rope you in, and then the watch and the earbuds. Next thing you know, you're on the MacBook, and you don't know how you got there. Right, but what that is is that's employing sticky marketing trolling i'm not trolling it that's sticky marketing the more you have the harder it is for you to leave if you have a playstation 5 and a dual sense edge and a psvr 2 and the playstation portal will be here in like a week if you have all that stuff and your digital library you gonna leave you gonna go somewhere else Now, if you just have the box and you just have the digital library, that makes it kind of hard to leave. But it's a little bit easier when you don't have any hardware you're leaving behind. So, if you have an Apple Watch and an iPhone and an iPad and it's all linked together and it's cloud backed up and your pictures are here and your pictures are there, you're going to switch to another device? No, that device has become endemic to your life. It's just what you use. It's sticky marketing. It's harder for you to leave because you have multiple points of contact with the company. And this is why Xbox's strategy could work in the service realm. How many of you right now get an email and they're like, hey, the price of Netflix is going up. And you're like, I didn't know we still had Netflix. <laughs> I didn't know I still have that. How many people are going to get like 
a brand new television that comes with a little flyer that says try Xbox Game Pass today for a dollar and they put some of the more you know some of the more winsome games there on the on the postcard and you're like for a dollar let's try that out a couple months go by get a little email your Xbox Game Pass subscription price is going up babe we still have Game Pass like that that that's the strategy that just becomes baked into what people do they just think of Xbox in that way i think that's the goal is Yes, publisher, I think they're pivoting towards being more of a publisher and less of a platform. And Game Pass could start to take the same shape that like EA Play and Ubisoft Plus does. It's just something that you pay for and it's right there on your television. Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix. EA Play, Ubisoft Plus, Game Pass. You just that's just another thing you can subscribe to. I think one of the challenges they're gonna they're gonna run into is just saturation in the market. I think that's I think that's a difficult that's a difficulty. We're all experiencing saturation fatigue right now. You guys, some of you have expressed it in chat. You're like, I just, I, I'm subscribed to everything. What did somebody say earlier? A subpocalypse, right? Like you feel like you're subscribed to everything. That is one area where I think Game Pass might struggle for uh, new user adoption. But that's why them leaning into being more of a publisher is a great protective barrier for them. They don't have to worry if the Game Pass subscriber thing sort of stagnates or plateaus. Like, let's say they get in a certain amount of adoption on mobile devices and smart televisions, but then it plateaus like every subservice plateaus. That doesn't matter if every year they get to launch Call of Duty on PlayStation. That doesn't matter. They're like, yeah, you know, subservices plateau. That's just part of the business. We got really great revenue streams coming in from Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and Candy Crush and this and that and this. Like it, Their publisher role will start to make up the lion's share of their money. Because Apple made more than all of them combined just taking 30% of sales. You, you think that's not that's not part of the strategy here is if you're publishing the games that revenue royalty share on all these platforms and all these consumers instead of just selling to one consumer base you're selling to basically every gamer consumer base that's out there whether they use Steam or a Playstation or a Nintendo I think you're missing the point why Apple doesn't have the phone charger in the box so they can make one phone instead of multiple types with different AC types I, <laughs> I think they did it because they could get away with it what did we name this video? I've got a video we're going to go to in 15 minutes about Starfield and what the modding community has been saying about it. Uh, mod support trouble. Starfield mod support debrief. We're going to debrief afterward. Uh, that is an advantage of being a member. And speaking of members, we're nine away from the 25 goal. Every 25, I give five back to the community to do me a favor maybe gift some or join some yourself let's hit that goal I'll gift those five whenever we get over into the premiere and that's a great way for you to uh, to be a part of everything that we're doing here call of duty you said duty yeah the latest call of duty is um it's going to be really interesting to see what they try to do next year. 
going to be very interesting to see what they try to do next year. I am, uh, I am curious. I am. I'm very curious. After, after the response this time around, like, you guys going to try this again next year? Because this doesn't seem like people received this all that well. <laughs> Seems like people are kind of angry. Uh, we'll see. Tomorrow at noon. Modding in Skyrim is insane. Mod support trouble. Yes, this is direct. This is direct from the people working on the uh, the community patch. So this is not me. I'm not. I'm not into modding. I don't really do or download mods. It's never been really my jam. Um, so we. Uh, but I'm extremely interested in the fact that these guys have kind of cracked open the the hood of the game, and they're like, this isn't really built for mod support it's it's really interesting we'll, we'll go to that video in 13 minutes in 13 minutes we will go over to that video about uh starfield campaign for mw3 was very lackluster somebody asked me earlier what my thoughts were on it and we covered that uh yesterday so my opening monologue is about that and it's it's bad it's i it's everything that i said it was going to be i was so, I was so hoping that uh, that I was going to be wrong about that one because I really liked MW two story. I thought it was great. The mod support tools are not out yet. It's more than that. Infinite. It's more than that. They've they've kind of they've peeled back the onion on some things that I think is not. It's just not surprising. So do me a favor, guys. Do me a favor. Final 12-minute stretch of the stream here. Smash that like button. Let's set our sights on 400 likes. Let's get nine more members. Let's go to this premiere. I'll give five when we get over there. Let's end with a bang. Let me know what you guys think about today's topic. How do you think it... How do you think the conversation went right? Phil's interview. Are they going to lean into being more of a publisher than a platform? Uh, You know, are there good things? Are there bad things? that are going to come from that. What do you think of Phil saying they don't view Nintendo and PlayStation as rivals anymore? They see them as partners. Or no, they see them as part of the community, I'm sorry. Talica says, We had iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, AirPods, AirTags, HomePod Mini, and MacBook. Husband wanted to switch, so we did. Switch to Android flip phones. Him a Samsung Galaxy Flip 5, me a Motorola Razor. Traded in pretty much everything. And it just about equaled out so we could get all the same stuff. Only Apple thing I have left are my AirPods, HomePod Mini, and my daughter's iPod Air. Now, would you say that was easy or difficult? Right? Was that an easy transition doing that? Or were there challenges? Was it was it difficult to change all that stuff out, Talica? Davey says, I was as well. Well, yo, what's good, Angel? But unfortunately, they didn't have as much time to make it. So it should have been right now. I'm looking at the multiplayer and zombies. I think MW3 would have would have been a lot more highly praised if uh, if it was DLC. As a $40 DLC, I think people would have said this is a really stout offering. Like this is this is a really stout offering. This is really good. As a $70 release, I think people are rightly like what on earth? What is this? Like what are y'all what are y'all doing? This this doesn't this doesn't make any sense. This is weird. Why you guys thought this was acceptable? 
two spot from Kenneth. I'm really happy with uh, oh Starfield, the exploration. Wow. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm still seeing people that are having a good time with Starfield. It disappointed me. It's not what I wanted, but that doesn't mean that other people can't enjoy it. I, it just is not at all what I was hoping to get. And uh, yeah, I, I think... I think Bethesda's got good vision. I still think they need to get into a different engine going forward. I have a get against Apple and Apple products. Any chance I get with anyone I know, and for good reason. Terrible company and com- company and consumer-facing practices and lesser products, in my opinion. 3.5-hour campaign for 40 bucks? Uh, no. Well, I don't think it would have been a 3.5-hour campaign, Robert. I think that the... I think the open combat missions were developed to pad everything out. I think you would have gotten the six to seven traditional missions for the 40, and it would have been more like a two-hour campaign. I, I think they added the open combat stuff to pad everything out. PlayStation refused to refund me Modern Warfare 3, so all I can look forward to is the zombies mode. The rest has been a miss so far. Guys, in eight minutes, we're going to go over to this premiere uh, let me give you a member count. We're currently working on the next milestone. You guys unlocked a bunch of stuff. We're currently at 2,900 members, so we're still floating around 3,000 members. You unlocked Fright Night and Community Game Night. Now, this last week, I let you guys vote. So we did Fright Night. I played through the game where you can't scream. If you're a brand new member or you get gifted a member, you can check that out. If we hit 25 members before the premiere, Come to that premiere. You might get a gifted member from me. Uh, every 25, I give five back. Now, you didn't just unlock Fright Night. You unlocked Community Game Night. We dabbled in Fortnite this last week on Friday, but not for very long. So this Friday night is Community Game Night. We're going to be playing Fortnite. We're going to the OG map. We like playing no build. It's not sweaty. It's just fun. We can laugh. So make sure you have Fortnite updated and ready to go. And... Make sure we don't miss this streak. We've been hitting 25 member goal for over a year now. We started this in November of last year. So help us hit that goal today. And then I'll give five in the premiere. Let's get as many people as we can in the community. Let's get as many people as we can. Friday nights are a blast because I don't just stream by myself. I stream with my wife. It's hilarious. She played Fortnite this last week. So if you miss that, you miss that as a member. You can always go back and watch those VODs. It took me six hours. I was playing on Veteran. I do like the tax stance though. Seems like a cool channel. Enjoy the content. Don't agree with all the takes. Uh, what is your? Where does your bias lay? I just enjoy gaming, whatever platform. If it's good, I go play it. My bias is toward... I don't really like playing PvP games anymore. I primarily like action-adventure games, action-adventure RPGs, action RPGs. Um, and I have a longer-standing history. RPG says, come on, boys, let's do this. We only need nine members. Bumps the line to 17. Now we only need eight more members. You guys got six minutes to quickly do this. Um, I actually have a longer history with Xbox because I got back into um, I got back into console gaming with the Xbox 360 and amassed my my digital library, my games, my friends list. I, you know, I think I have like a seventy five thousand gamer score over there. You know, that was kind of where I played. And I'm late to PlayStation, but I felt like this generation, PlayStation was just delivering a better cadence and better quality games. The first couple of years, Xbox just didn't launch as much to, to, to like win me over. And I was really excited about Halo. 
I did a lot of coverage of Halo. We did community game nights with Halo. And then Halo kind of fell flat. Uh, and now I primarily play on my PlayStation. And I've been hoping that we can have stronger uh, pushes from from Xbox. Ultra Lord with a gifted member takes us to 18. Only 7 away from 25. You guys are taking it all the way down to the buzzer today. We need 7 more members to hit 25. You guys have 5 minutes to do it. And then I'll owe you 5 members and the, the premiere is scheduled. I can't change it, so we're not we're not bumping. If we don't hit it, the streak the streak is lost. I'm not I'm not extending. I'm not doing that. It's already scheduled. Um, you want Xbox 360, Xbox One, PC, PlayStation? At least when I met him. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a lot on PC because of the frame rates I could get in Destiny. So I was I was on my PC quite a bit uh, during like the 2017 2018 era. And then 2019 into 2020 was very much looking forward to the next gen consoles promising like up to 120, you know, instantaneous load times, all that. So that is one of the reasons why I've just, I lean PlayStation now. It's just because that's where the games came out that I was enjoying. Um, I can't, I can't change what I like. Like, no, I'm going to really like Forza, like, it's just, I, I was like, dude, Ghost of Tsushima is awesome. I loved Horizon Forbidden West and God of War. Reaper pushes us a little bit closer, 19 out of 25. And another one from Marshmallow. We only need five now. Somebody drop a five bomb and let's get the heck out of here. Ave slams it home. There we go. We maintain the streak at the buzzer. No extension needed. Thank you so much with four minutes to spare. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Every day, I'm like, I don't know. We might lose our streak. It was like that time I was playing Modern Warfare 2 with the boys, and we had a 101 uh, win streak. And the Agent of Chaos, Abe's like, I'm not letting it sit on 25. Of course, let's be ornery at the end. It wouldn't be Abe if he wasn't a little ornery, and he pushes his pass to 25. Um, I remember we were we were goofing off. We were goofing off. We wouldn't capture the last headquarters and uh, it bit us on the butt. We, we lost, and we took it. We got nuked. <laughs> we totally got arrogant. We got arrogant. We, were, we, would, uh, we wouldn't capture the last headquarters. We would have this massive lead, and uh, I kept saying, I was like, I think we need to capture the last one. I said, that guy just got a chopper gunner. I said, we're in trouble. And when we were trying to capture the last one, he got the kills he needed. That's, that's a memory right there. That's a memory. It, it totally bit us right on the rear end, man. Got to throw a bone in there. I appreciate it, Abe. Hot tub, here we come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abe Abe has a standing deal with me. 20,000 members, and I'll do a hot tub stream. That was his idea, not mine. I, I was like, I'm not doing that. And he was like, what about for 20,000 members? I was like, oh, sure, it's a deal. Because <laughs> you'll never do it. I'll never have to buy one of those stupid things and bring it into my studio. I agree. Each console has its own thing for each of them. I've upgraded to PC last year. It's been amazing. Yeah, I think this generation is uh, is is a changing... It's like in flux for a lot of people. I think there are people that are saying, I'm just going to go PC. You know? I've had a lot of people come in here and say that. There are people that are pivoting to PlayStation 5. Um, you know, my, my frustration with the console warring is 
people approach me as if I wasn't supposed to switch. I wasn't supposed to switch like allegiances or preferences. I was just supposed to stay loyal to Xbox. Like there's this pre-baked in assumption of, well, how, how dare you start to prefer PlayStation? How dare you praise their their strategy and their approach? It's like it it gave me the things that I like. Like, what do you want me to do? The first, the first three years on Xbox compared to the first three years on the PlayStation Five, it's it's night and day difference for me, for me, for me as the consumer. Respect to you for streaming without cussing. I am a safer work broadcaster. If you've enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Come with us to this premiere. You might get a gifted membership. Smash the like button on your way out on this video. We could easily hit 400 likes right here at the end. Click the link in chat. That's the premiere. You might get redirected. Sometimes redirect doesn't work. I'll see you over there in the premiere, and I'll gift the members that I owe you. Let's see what's going on with Starfield and the modding community.